0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I hope you're having a great weekend. My name is John, and I just jooks hosting from Ryan for this week's episode of Zero Lift. Welcome back. I'm John. I'm here with my two co stars, Lenny and Ryan. Boys, give me some. Give me some. Hey, what up? R- Welcome back.
1: Full Ranch Doritos are the best. I just want to say that. No way. run that. They're going to front run
0: that. Tapatio. Ranch. Cool Tapatio All day, every day twice on sunday anyway we got a great <laughs> episode right. for you guys tonight uh tonight we're gonna talk about spinning doritos we might get an army of purists with torches and pitchforks outside our house and uh we're gonna do an interesting version of uh, scrap race daily and uh ryan's gonna cry about the fact i'm hosting so uh without Is further I- just, what's the matter what's the matter Come at me, Talk bro. about the Mazda. Come at me, It's a little bro. sour. It's a little sour. Shout so, out yeah. to the Mazda
2: Parkway. Yeah. So, anybody if anybody
0: listening,
1: uh, when John says he literally juxed it, it like it? just did two yeah. minutes ago. Before yeah. we hit record, it's great. Yep.
2: That's okay. Energy
1: is wild right now. I
0: love it.
2: Hey, okay, so, so that's what we're talking about tonight. Uh, why don't we talk about what we did this week, guys?
0: We'll be right back. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> we can do that. We can do that. I'm not phased. We can do that. Um, Get into Sector One. Let's go. I think I already talked about my brakes, right? Did I already talk about my brakes? Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, yeah, and then you got then you got Kanye.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did get Kanye. But uh, look, <laughs> we've talked about Sims, and I won't go too far into it. But like, I've been playing IL Two, which is a World War II flight sim, on my rig, and it is ridiculous. It is those planes are so gnarly. It took me like three days of hours of practice to get to the point where I could like land and take off smoothly. And it's, it's maybe too realistic. Like sometimes you go up on missions and nothing happens. I, I did, I did a mission where I escorted bombers and nothing happened. We flew there. They dropped their payload. I flew back. I didn't shoot anybody. Nobody came to get me. And, and I was like, I was flying and I was like, man, this is BS. When are we going to get some real stuff? And I was like, wait a second. I feel like I'm in the military again. uh so that was yeah realism right you. i was like what i went and looked in the mirror i'm like what are you doing with your time anyway uh that's not correlated it again. but it is entertaining <laughs> check. yeah it is a good reality uh, check uh i'm playing a video game that makes me say this is bs when am i gonna get to shoot something uh
2: i just turned off my ps4 pro because it was sounding like a jet engine in the background and uh no, that's what I play my sim on. There we go. Bam. My, my PC is oh, yeah.
0: smooth and quiet, baby. Smooth and quiet.
2: Ah, PS4 Pros have always just, they get certain things low, and they just start, that fan just
1: starts whirring, man. It's wild. Ryan, uh, what a. Uh, all my stuff is, is the same.
0: All anyway, the same. All right. Ryan, you doing anything cool? Well, uh,
1: yeah. So
2: speaking of the sim, uh, I spent all week prepping for this episode. Uh, I have not had the luxury of driving a uh, Dorito around, but I did spend time uh, in the sim all week in an RX-7, all I drove,
0: so entire week straight. I I don't want to get, I don't think we clarified this, if the Dorito hint and the Mazda hint wasn't enough, guys, today's episode is on rotary engines, which is something very near and dear to my heart, it's something that Lenny knows about, but it's probably not as close to home. And, uh, Ryan, I don't know if you know this, but you have been in a mm-hmm. very fast rotary engine car and it was the black car I had in college.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I yep. have been in one. And so from my experience, um, cross compared to all the other weeb cars, cause JDM is the best. We're not biased. Um, <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> hashtag We're not biased. Uh, I love the sound of the engine. Uh, the one I was driving in, I had tuned up to 591 horse ponies, which is a little much for me. Um,
1: how many ducks is that? Uh, shit. 7, I don't, 000... what, what we,
0: it's 17.5 ducks per each horse. No, it's seven. I thought it was, oh, is it 17.5? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was 17.5. Yeah. Yeah. We are actually, we're doing this right now, aren't we?
2: 10,342 ducks.
1: That's a lot of ducks. That's a fair am- that's a fair amount of ducks. It is.
2: I prefer some. Th- I usually prefer cars that are more in the eight thousand duck range, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but I was doing a challenge that required me to use that much. Um, and a shout out to Dan. Actually, he did give me some advice to help kind of tune the car. Apparently, uh, it I, I sort of did it and I sort of messed it up at the same time, which makes sense because I'm a complete noob, everybody. So, uh, between Dan uh, locally here and John. I think that I could probably dial in to drive even closer to how I want hey, I got P one in all the races I did. So whatever. Um, but yeah, super fun car. Um, I would definitely put it up there with the GTR and my beloved type R uh, of the NSX variety and civic varieties uh, for funsies. I-, I definitely say it's probably one of my favorites. But yeah, that's what I did
0: all week. It was good stuff. All right. So, let's uh, let's kind of get into it. So, rotary engine. What you think you know about engines and pistons and all that stuff? Throw it out the window. They don't use pistons. It's, it's a completely different. Gone. What's up? It's gone.
2: I threw it off. Yeah, it's gone. Okay, it's all gone. All
0: right. uh, it's a com- it's up here. completely different type of uh, assembly. They have found their way into a few different automobiles and motorcycles and stuff over the years, but the only, like, widely available common consumer production automobile was Mazda and its RX series of cars. Um, The actual first passenger car ever made by a manufacturer was not Mazda, contrary to popular belief. It was Skoda, Um, back in the early sixties, uh, rotor engine has its, its Genesis as a diesel engine for tanks or as a supercharger for very large engines. Because one thing you guys may or may not know is that the designs that we use as like a combustion engine. If you take the combustion out of it and just keep the reciprocating parts like the piston or in a rotor engines case, the rotors, um, They're actually very efficient air pumps. So, like, if you have an air compressor, it is a piston engine without a spark plug that fills a tank. Um, And so, rotary engines, you'll see them. They're not engines, but rotary designs, you'll see them as superchargers or fluid pumps in a lot of industrial applications. So, that general design's been around. Uh, The guy that is most famously... Noted for adding spark plugs to it and turning it into an engine in its own right, although he's not the actual inventor of the rotary engine, is Felix Wankel, and that is why is commonly referred to as a Wankel rotary engine. Uh, he was the guy that philosophically thought that there were some inherent advantages and benefits to a rotary engine over a piston engine. But what is a rotary engine? So, oh wait, hold on, John. Yeah, can yeah, I, I? Yeah. I, I have a hit quick me, question for me. you there. Hit me girl. Wankel, was he American?
1: I don't mean to play like 20 questions here real quick, uh, but like uh no. the the Wankel name German? uh Austrian? I believe he was German. Isn't there like a Camaro special edition named the Wankel or there's like some American muscle name are you, car that that's got like a Are you conf- German. German. Are you confusing Are y-
0: you not confusing it with Yanko, are you? Yanko. Yeah. Yenko was a, so Yenko y- was an American tuner car company not unlike Callaway, Goldstrand, um, um, um Hennessy uh, back in the Got day you. and they made hot Camaros and I think I didn't do research for this but I think they actually was a big enough production they actually sold Yenko models in Chevrolet dealerships.
1: But okay so yeah it. I totally it was I, I was confused by
0: the name. No, it's all good. Hey, fat, you know, interesting factoids. Um, yeah, so he yeah,
2: uh, he is German. Just so yeah, you know.
0: Felix Wankel is a German I mean, cat. He was uh, really big in the idea that a rotary engine could have inherent inherent advantages over a piston assembly. So, what is a rotary engine? So, a rotary engine is instead of using pistons that reciprocate up and down in cylinders, it the The cylinder, per se, is an oval, and inside of the oval is a funky-looking triangle, and the shape is actually called a troicoid, which is a really funny way of saying a triangle with curved edges instead of straight edges. So, like, each side of the triangle is kind of bowed out. What that does is the triangle spins around in a circle, and It creates, the shape allows it, the three points are always in contact with the housing. So there's three discrete combustion chambers. And it brings in air and fuel in one chamber. And then that air and fuel is moved over. And because the side is bowed out, as it moves over to the flat side of the oval, it gets compressed against that wall. Then the spark plug fires, all that shit blows up. And as the triangle spins, that chamber gets larger as it expands. And then there's a port, kind of like a two-stroke engine. There's no camshaft or anything. There's just holes in the side of the chamber. And the gas, the fuel and the air naturally comes in and goes out just due to the vacuum of the engine sucking it in. And then the exploding charge forcing out as the ports become open. It's probably not a good way to describe how that works if you're not looking at it. But if you are looking at it while I'm saying this, it should make immediate sense. Um, yes. It's, it's
1: very very much visually like a spinning Dorito, hence the nickname. It looks like so, a spinning Dorito. It really does. There is a beautiful if on Wiki uh, that is very
2: uh, – I would recommend you watch if you have the capability to do so. So this this engine type still has the suck, squeeze, bang, blow. Correct. Hey, yeah. Folks, I wouldn't have nailed that oh, no. six months ago. You're welcome. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's just in a different form.
2: Yeah, so it's really interesting to me that like the triangle points are essentially pinching pockets off, and then those pockets are just pushed and rotated around this circle by a triangle, um, which is pretty cool. So a very, very neat engine design type. Is there, like, certain, like, major
0: advantages or, like, uh... So, there's a lot. It looks Um, cool.
2: It looks super cool. Yeah. It
0: sounds cool. So, here's one thing to consider. Um, In one revolution, right, one RPM of a rotary engine, a given... Because there's three discrete combustion chambers, but if we just look at one, in one RPM, that combustion chamber will complete all four cycles, suck, squeeze, bang, blow. On a piston engine, you have to accomplish two RPM to do the same thing. Ah. So a rotary engine makes power very similar to a two-stroke piston engine. So that's why it accelerates like Yoshi. Well, kind of. Um, Yeah, so it... There's the... uh, they, They don't they make <laughs> no they're really they're really interesting and they're really weird and it's it's hard to get into the stuff like you you know what i mean like sometimes you kind of got to circle back but um sure like like the rotary engine does right yeah so they're rated for a single swept area of the three combustion chambers as far as displacement but for race rules they're typically classified the way a two stroke would be which is it's double the displacement, right? So, like, a 1.3-liter rotary, which is what's commonly in the RX-7, would compete against 2.6-liter piston engines. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Right. And that's how you see that a lot in two-stroke versus four-stroke, like, motorcycles and stuff. Like, back during the MotoGP days when they were racing against each other, you had 1,000cc four-strokes, 500cc two-strokes, and they made close to the same power. Um, So that's one thing. Uh, another advantage is that because these Doritos are spinning in circles and they're not reciprocating, right? Because, like, when you do a piston, like, when it goes up, it has to stop, change direction, and then get yanked back down. And then it has to stop, change direction, and go back up. And that's a very violent type of movement. And that's why V8s and V12s and multi-cylinder engines are desirable is because when you have a bunch of cylinders that counterbalance each other, a lot of those damaging harmonics get voided out by the counter harmonics of the other pistons. On a rotary engine, it spins in a circle. There is nothing stopping the momentum, so the engine's very inherently smooth. So basically almost no vibration. Correct. So probably not prone to engine knocking. Well, it can't knock. Like, what would what would knock? No, nothing to knock. And then Thanks. is it
2: also, like, lighter in weight than comparative to, like, a piston engine, I uh, would imagine?
0: Generally. Like a higher, or a higher power-to-weight power, power to weight ratio, I guess would be the... Right? Well, the the the... It's a very compact engine. It's very small. Okay. It's relatively light, though, when you start bolting turbochargers to the side of it and then, like, new engines that are all aluminum because mm-hmm. the rotaries were, like, half cast iron, half aluminum, so they're not... Like ridiculously light, but like a NA rotary is certainly lighter than most piston engines. Um, I think a turbo a twin turbo 13B is actually pretty similar in weight to an all aluminum LS engine. Uh, I think the LS is a little bit heavier, but it's not as much as you would think. Start the pitchforks and the and the and the torches now. Wait, um, did you say LS swap?
2: RX7s. We'll
0: get into that. We're not going there yet. Okay. Um, All right. So, Jesus, can we Yeah. So it's it's very smooth. The other <laughs> the other advantage See? is because it's it's operated off ports and it spins, it is much less susceptible to the negative effects of high RPM. Uh, rotaries are not as inherently high RPM as people would like to think, but mm. there's no valves, there's no valve spring, so you can't float a valve Um, there's no piston rod bolts to stretch, um, with some modifications, rotaries can be extremely reliable at extended RPMs. And in amateur racing, like low levels, people found like the NA rotaries making low horsepower were almost indestructible. Um, just because, you know, that thing spinning at seven thousand RPMs all day long really doesn't—it doesn't care. Whereas at a piston uh. engine, that's a different—that's a different can of worms. Um, disadvantages to the rotary engine: the combustion chamber is like a weird oblong oval shape, and the center is high compression, and the edges are low compression. That is much less uniform and much less much harder to manage than a typical piston, where the piston's perfectly circular, and you can shape the combustion chamber in such a way that makes it very efficient. So it tends to be very inefficient per power pulse, and rotor engines are known for having terrible miles per gallon and bad emissions. Um, Who cares? Race car. Yeah, yeah, race car, everything. Um, is,
2: is this the engine that's got the meme about leakage? Is this...
0: No, mm. it has a meme for breaking. <laughs> it's, it's a
1: breaking this? meme, yeah. Yeah, it's needing a lot of fluid for it. Apex or something. seals. Is so this the right engine? sure.
0: Now I'm sure John was getting to in the oh yeah. list of it. Yeah. So okay. the other ready? thing, the other thing is that rotaries have what's called apex seals. The apex seals are the seal at each tip of the triangle, or the Dorito, if you will, and that's what seals it. Right. That seals the uh, the three discrete chambers. They're some kind of metal or composite seal and the thing about rotaries is that they have a bunch of rubber coolant seals in the engine to cause like you stack it like a wedding cake when you build it and those stacked pieces of metal have rubber seals in between them and those rubber seals are very susceptible to overheating and the rotary engine does not tolerate pre-detonation as well as a piston engine does. So a piston engine if you're running high turbocharger boost or it gets a little too hot or something, if you get a little bit of knock, most piston engines can tolerate a little bit. And knock is when the um, the gas the air and fuel ignites before the spark plug actually sets it off, so while the piston's still coming up. It's a very bad thing. It's how you melt pistons. But A lot of piston engines can tolerate a slight bit of knock. The problem with a rotary engine is that if you knock it, the apex seal is basically on top of the spark plugs. And so that knock event blasts against the apex seal, and you can shred apex seals very quickly. Um, But I will tell you from personal experience, if you don't pre-detonate and you don't overheat a rotary, they will run forever. Unpopular opinion. (laughs) <laughs> go
2: I thought you said rotor engines don't knock
0: no, no, no. well you said so knock as in cool. like knocking a valve a- you said like knocking a oh, valve
2: okay. I, meant, I gotcha. meant
0: knock as a slang term for pre-detonation any engine that blows stuff up can pre-detonate gotcha okay. and that's just when the air fuel mixture reaches a temperature where it ignites without input from the spark plug
1: Gotcha. Okay, John, you said um, just a minute ago that we're stacking. That when you build a rotary, you're you're stacking. Yes. I mean, I know, but for the sake of the conversation,
0: are we talking about stacking the Doritos, essentially? Yeah. So, so a rotary engine. So a normal engine has a block, right? And then you turn the block upside down and you put the crankshaft in it, right? and then you put it upside or right side up and then you put the piston and rod assemblies in the cylinders mm-hmm. and then you bolt those to the crankshaft and then you put the cylinder heads mm-hmm. on top and then then you put the intake and the exhaust manifolds and everything. A rotary doesn't have any of that. So a rotary has a rear housing. And so you do this all vertically. You have a rear housing and then you put your rotor housing on that and that's that open oval and then you set your Dorito in that oval and then you put a center housing on that and that seals that first rotor off and then you put your other rotor housing and then the Dorito in that, and then the front housing and that seals the entire assembly. Um, and there's, uh, an ass- it's what's up Two. two sets of, uh, triangles, two sets for two sets for a two rotor engine, which is the most common type. So anything in an RX seven is a two rotor. Um, Mazda made one production three rotor that was in the nineties Cosmo. And then, uh, the famous Le Mans winning 787B had a four rotor, uh, but a lot of hot rodders. So the other thing about a rotary though, is that everything's modular. So like you can stack Doritos and housings to the moon. You just have to get an eccentric shaft, which is a rotary's version of a crankshaft. So if you get a custom crankshaft, there's boats out there running six rotors, um, and so that's how stuff you... Stuff know, that in a car? I mean, you could. But like, uh, Lenny, that white RX-7 that has a four-rotor in it, mm. all that dude did was he got a custom eccentric shaft from Australia, and then he just got off-the-shelf house rotor housings and rotors and stacked that stuff together. Shit. Yeah. Now, those eccentric shafts are very expensive, it's not cheap. We're talking but- about the Japanese dude, right, with the, yeah, the- Scoot? The kid, the kid that was, uh, you know, he was kind of in with uh, the 7-tune guy. And, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the white one. And, and he actually ended up being like a legit racer. But when we knew him, he was just kind of doing street stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I posted a YouTube video of, of him recently Yeah, for our group chat. exactly. So that's kind he, of a cool thing about rotaries. It?
0: It's kind of a and cool thing. And that
1: th- rotary uh, revs the moon. I think it's like a, what? It's got to be like nine, ten thousand.
0: 10,000. Yeah, and they can do that, but there's some stuff you have to do to make them live up there. You probably need dry sump oiling once you start getting to 10,000 RPM just to keep oil on the bearings. Um, you need a high-quality eccentric shaft. Most factory eccentric shafts are done at about 9,000. And then, of course, you need the porting. So the ports in a rotary act like the camshafts in a, in a combustion or a uh, piston engine. Um, so, like, stock ports aren't going to make power past, like, 7,000 RPM. Um but that's the other thing is you don't buy cams, you just get a die grinder <laughs> and you make the ports bigger. So the the, the ports we're talking about are the
1: same work are they function the same way as in an internal
0: combustion engine? Well yes. Like the intake and the exhaust port, yes, except they're open ports with no valve train. Okay. And so, because here's the thing, the, the rotor, the way it spins, it will physically cover and uncover the ports. So your cam timing, your overlap, your duration, your effective lift is determined by the shape of the port and how it interacts with the rotor. Does that make sense? So like if you make the port physically longer, so that it's uncovered by the rotor for a longer amount of time, that's the same as making the duration higher of your camshaft. Or if your port, Word. yeah, or if your port when it's open is physically wider, that's the same as increasing the lift of a camshaft. And uh, rotaries have some weird ports, like I'm sure you've heard of. Anybody that's messed with RX7s has heard of a bridge port. Yeah, I was
1: about to say a bridge. I've heard of bridge port, street port.
0: Yeah. So a street port is where you just take a stock port and you make it bigger. That's a street port. A bridge port is you, you actually like make a second hole and it's like an eyebrow and there's a little bridge of material between the main hole and that other hole. The reason they do that is the apex seal has what's called side seals on either side of it that hold it in place. And if you made the port super big, the side seal would fall out of the rotor into the port. So you make a bridge port, and there's a bridge for the side seal to ride on, but you still get more port surface on the other side of the bridge. I mean, that sounds really complicated. It's So, I mean, there's you buy a template, and you, you port it to the template. You know, the people have it's done... Like a- send it to a, machi- a machine shop kind of thing. Or you can do that. But a lot of people like literally buy templates from these companies and you can pin it to the housing and then take your die grinder and grind it out to match the template. And then you like drill, oh. take you literally take a drill and drill like four or five holes down the bridge and then take a die grinder and connect the bridge. Um, and so that's like the super hot port. And then the other type of port that is seen in race car, Ricky race cars is a peripheral port and what a peripheral port is. So normally the ports on a rotary engine, and if we're getting too brain drippy for people listening, like I apologize, but yeah, you uh, lost me a while ago.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so normally on a rotary engine, the intake ports are on the side of the rotor. So the air fuel mix has to kind of make a 90 degree angle to get into the combustion chamber. On a peripheral port, you actually plug those side ports up and you drill a new port through the rotor housing so it just shoots straight in. And those ports typically are a lot higher RPM. They don't idle very well and uh, make a lot more power. And that's stuff like the 787B. The Le Mans car, that was all peripheral port. Most of your serious rotary race cars are peripheral ported. Um, the RX-7, those engines all had peripheral exhaust ports and side intake ports. And what made the RX-8 special, the Renesis engine and the RX-8, was that they got rid of the peripheral exhaust port and they went to side exhaust ports also. That normally would cause a decrease in power and it made the engine more fuel efficient, but the RX-8, they did some techno wizardry with the exhaust and the intake, and they raised the combustion ratio of the engine, and they were actually a- able to make a decent amount of power with side exhaust ports as well. Oh, shit. Yep, yep, fun stuff. Um, rotaries are also characterized by extremely high exhaust temperatures, typically because of those old rotaries with the peripheral port exhaust, so you basically have, there's like two inches of... Of port, and then you just get raw air fuel exploding into the exhaust. So the EGTs, exhaust gas temperatures, are very high in rotaries, and that actually makes them one, it makes them loud, so they're hard to muffle, but two, they're able to spool ridiculously large turbos. So when you're turbo sizing, like if you, if, I, if you want a 500-horsepower rotary, you will typically go with one or two steps bigger of a turbo than you would for a piston engine. Like a GT35, which is normally like a 600-horsepower uh, Skyline turbo, is like a 450-horsepower rotary turbo. I never, never realized that. Yeah, but it spools it with no problem. So, bad on gas, bad on emissions, loud, make a lot of power for the size, weird. Um, I had an FB, which is a first generation RX-7 back in college, and I had swapped a later RX-7 turbo engine in it, um, and it dyno-graphed at 250 at the wheels with the stock FC RX-7 turbo, and then I put a 60 to one on it. I never dynoed it, but based off the way it drove, it was probably somewhere between 3 and 350 at the wheels. Um, and a back- fun car. Oh, my God, it was fun, dude. It would go sideways in third gear because uh, FBs are like 2,300 pounds. Um, and at idle, because it had a big street port in it, at idle it sounded like a muscle car. It would shake, oh, 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 oh. Um, and then you'd rev it and it sounded like a pissed off weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty interesting. Um, but I just techno babbled about everything about how a rotary works. Uh, Ryan, you got questions? Of course I do. Please hit me, baby.
2: Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> I don't care about all the techno babble. Why are they cool? Like, also, uh, I do appreciate because like let's 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 talk about the reason they're cool, which is the RX seven. I appreciate that they actually did chassis codes in a logical way. Yep. Uh, the first generation is FB, yep. the second generation is F C and yep. the third generation is F D. Very easy. Oh, it's alphabetical order. I I fantastic. I was like, where's the F A? But they had they had a uh, S A, but that was the early first generation RX sevens. Yep. So why uh, I why put them in this chassis? So, and why only
0: Mazda? Uh, the rotary got a lot of attention early 60s and 70s from a lot of car manufacturers. There were prototype Corvettes with rotary engines in them, Mercedes did a lot of testing with rotaries. Um, I saw there, was, that. there was a lot of early rotary engines messing around because um they made a lot of power and then the gas crisis hit Ah, and they were like and here's the other thing the amount of like r&d that has gone into rotary engines is a mere like joke of a fraction of the amount of r&d that's gone into piston engines i believe that if we pop in a bucket yeah i believe that if we had put all our development into a rotor engine it might be in a better place but after the gas crisis most companies abandon it mazda stuck with it because they it was weird it was different and it made them unique and they found some success you know the uh the fbrx7 is one of the most winningest models of sport car in scca history Da like so they were doing some cool stuff with it they weren't trying to make a super high horsepower car like what chevy was trying to do with the vet they were just trying to make a fun interesting a weird sports car and it gave decent reliability and decent you know fuel economy and stuff for the standards at the time and they were only making you know 100 to 150 horsepower i think the the hottest fb stock was 130 um and then they kind of stuck with it and and they got a bit of a following um and mazda's I like Mazda. I'm a big Mazda fan. Mazda has always been kind of an idealistic company. And if you ever get a chance to tour the Mazda factory, um, you really see that in, in that they tend to like come up with principles, like design philosophies as a company, and then really ride those out. And I think they were just like, this is what makes our sports cars unique and special. Now, Eventually, with the RX-7, the Japanese muscle car thing had started to die. Emissions were catching up to them, and they just didn't see a market, and they were the only show in town that was developing this engine, and they had to get out of it. But they brought it back with the RX-8, and a lot of people hate that car, but they they, they brought it back for no particularly good reason, honestly. They did it because they believed in this engine. Yeah, they they believed in that engine. Mazda's a very philosophical company, Um, and I appreciate that about them. But the other thing about Mazda is that they've always made very well-balanced chassis, and that... It's kind of a chicken and the egg thing. I don't know if the rotary engine was popular because it was the engine, or because it was always in a really well-balanced, well-designed, well-handling chassis. I don't know. I think it's got to be the combo, for sure. Yeah. Because... The FD RX-7 um, is, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful sports cars ever made. It's widely regarded as one of the best handling Great. sports cars ever made. And it just so happened to have a rotary engine in it. And I think that's kind of a perfect storm. And that is why... Do we the the get... FC
1: chassis isn't isn't anything to sneeze at either.
0: No, 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 no. I, I mean, the FC... All right, we're back after Ryan Rage quick because I hijacked the episode. Uh... Lenny, or you the min- internet
2: in Nebraska is not good.
0: Yeah, well, yeah tomato tomato. Uh Lenny, you mentioned tomato the FC potato. is nothing to sneeze at. Um in you know in time tests in period, uh the FC was outpacing a Porsche 944, which it looks strikingly similar to for like half the price. So and nowadays, if you ask me to take an FC, which, to be fair, the FC is my least favorite RX-7, but if you ask me to take an FC or 944, FC all day. All day. Initial D boys will love it. Initial D the boys. The FC. That, uh... I was
1: going
2: to say, which uh, did they do all three in Initial D?
0: Uh, I don't think there was an SA-22 or FB in Initial D. Was there an RX-8? Well, he said all three, so I assume he's talking about RX-7s.
2: Uh, the most famous of Iconic was the yellow FD3S.
0: I mean, everybody loves mm-hmm. the FD. It's like an R34 Skyline. That's the one that everybody... Or a Mark IV Super. That's the one that everybody geeks out over. Because uh, it's gorgeous. Okay. But, uh, you. you know, like we were saying, Mazda always, for the time period, makes a very sophisticated, very well-balanced chassis. And uh, if we're going to get into Tiki Torchland, that is why... The RX-7 is probably the most popular candidate for an engine swap. Namely (laughs) LS swaps. Because the rotary engine is weird. People don't understand it. It doesn't make horsepower like a V8. It's beautiful. It's got a spacious engine bay. It's a great chassis. Um, it's, It's not a bad candidate for a swap. I... Well, I can't say I wouldn't do it, but I like rotaries too much. You'd do it. Nah. You do it. Well, it depends, dude. It depends. If you I don't were, know about like, an LS swap. Ah. Uh, hold on. I'm going to say this. If I was going to swap an engine into an RX-7, it would be an LS. But K-swap it? Nah. If I was going to swap it, it would be an LS, but I would rather build like an NA3 rotor. I'd K-swap an RX-7. You're a, a heathen.
1: <laughs> it's probably not a bad swap either. It's probably pretty
0: good. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. This is... Don't
1: LS swap it. I got to say. God, swap, I, I don't like the LS swap. I Help do.
0: swap the world, people. Sorry, I'm not i I do. You. I do. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it, but I do like it because it only changes the weight, the front to rear balance like one or two percent when it's all said and done because a 13B REW with the twin turbos is not much lighter than an NALS. It's not. And LS engines are cheap. You can junkyard them for 500 bucks and you make 400 horsepower by looking at it funny. And it will run all day. Like a 400 horsepower 13B is much higher stress. And I'm not talking crap on rotary engines. I'm just saying when you take an engine that made 250 horsepower and you make it make 400 horsepower, it's under a bit more duress. And an LS engine naturally makes 400 horsepower like it's nothing. Um, that's just, when you get into modifying stuff, stuff breaks. Um, so if I was going to make a car for my own personal enjoyment, I would do a three rotor and ditch the turbos and make it spend a 10 grand. If I was trying to like get in some class and run, probably more fun. Yeah. If I was going to get into a class and run times and try and make money, I would LS swap an RX-7 all day. So depends on what you're trying to do with it. Um, I just think it's best to talk about these things with both eyes open, not under the guise of (laughs) fanboyism. I love rotaries. I wish I had a rotary car. I had, I sold my FB and I'm kind of mad at myself for doing that every day.
1: Pretty mad at myself as well for selling that FD that I had in Japan. Pennies on the dollar, pretty much 1500 bucks. Yeah, you should have kept it, bro. Should have at least tried to keep it a little bit my, uh, not put enough effort into it in hindsight, but. So,
2: would you rather just have life. an LS swapped RX 7 or just a regular RX 7 or your GTRs?
0: <laughs> um, mm.
2: I mean, I'm. Wow, you guys have to think about this. Okay. You're like. <laughs>
0: asking me who my favorite kid is bro like
2: oh it's that good okay
0: well, no you gotta i mean for john
1: is probably a little bit more uh, difficult but it's
0: pretty uh, i would still keep the gtr i had to think about it but uh, yeah i would still keep. here's the here's the thing about the gtr gtr is very complex and hard to work on when what I was had the RX7, if you don't know what bro, you're doing, bro, when I had my FB, I could crawl. I, sometimes when I worked on it, I would get in the engine bay and just like curl up next to it. It was so spacious. Well, I mean, that's because you're the size of a hobbit. Yeah, John, I was going to so. say, you're like five foot four, dude. The I'm one five foot eight. eight okay. Okay. Give me my <laughs> inches.
2: Five foot. Jeez. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> five foot. That's. <laughs> That's average. I'm
2: sorry. That's I'm average. Sorry. I'm six. I'm six one. Uh, there ain't no engine bay I'm crawling in, dude, unless it's a semi
0: truck. That's average. Yeah, five eight ain't average. All right, five ten's average. Ryan, I will line up the engine bay of an RX seven next to my GTR, and you tell me which one you'd rather work on.
1: Okay, fair enough. And he's right. he's he's got a point there. Fair. Okay. My knuckles my knuckles have scars to prove it.
0: Average is 5.9. I'll tell you, okay, at the middle. if you guys are going to say like, you know, here's $100,000, go build your dream car. Yep. I would buy a Lancia Stratos kit car <laughs> and I would put okay. a, a naturally aspirated 20B in it. Hot okay. take. Hot take.
1: Man, that's not a bad idea.
0: You got that Italian wow. classic just ridiculousness and the stupid rotary sound that I love. Rotaries are either the best sounding or the worst sounding engine I've ever heard in my entire life. I think they sound pretty cool. Four rotor LeBon's car at full tilt. Sounds. Uh, definitely sounds crazy ridiculous.
1: good. Ridiculous. The Symphony.
0: There was a uh, a shop out of Ohio called Defined Auto Works that made a pretty high end 20B in ARX7. It revved a 10 grand. And that thing sounded like a chorus of angels coming down the front straight.
1: Mm.
2: Uh, Is it better than the Alexis LFA or just different?
0: Well, different, 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 but I would did even say better. I have to say as a rotary lover, a lot of hopped up two rotors sound like pissed off weed whackers. That's just a fact of life. There's nothing you can do about yeah, it
1: think of it think of really think i mean they focus. put rotary a engine two stroke problems. at idle yeah yeah thinking it like anything street ported or better i would say like sounds like a, a two stroke at idle and so I, throughout the rpm range i
2: i kind of like the like hissing noise it makes almost it's just on rev up it i don't know it's
1: are you sure like, that's
0: not the turbo
2: it's not, I don't think so. It's not like, I would wouldn't describe go, the, that as a hissing the, noise. The turbo, I guess it's not his, it, the turbo doesn't go through the entire RPM range, does it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Interesting. Is that only on the RX-7s? No. No. Oh. Or is
0: that only on rotaries? Bro, oh. I, if you have a ball bearing turbo, you can hear the turbo spinning after you shut the car off. Huh.
2: Well, I wonder what I was tuning in. Whatever it was, I mean, it, it's the engine itself sounded good, but maybe it was just because of that turbo. The more air you
0: were talking about how the turbo spool up easier, I guess. I, that, don't know. I mean, all, I don't know. all performance RX sevens have pretty much been turbocharged and that is part of you. why they kind of have a reputation for being unreliable because back in the, the golden age, but it was also the dark ages. If you want to talk about like ECU tuning, um, There weren't very effective engine management routines and they didn't have knock sensing and and blah, 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 and fail safes and stuff like that. And like I said, if you have right now on my GTR, if I knock or pre-ignite for a second, my ECU is going to cut the fuel, cut everything off, say, bitch, naw, and my GTR is probably going to be okay. Back in the 90s on a rotary, and they don't tolerate knock as well as a piston engine, there's nothing that's going to shut them down. Those things just, it's done. And there are countless stories of guys that get a brand new engine build, and then they're really excited, and they don't get it tuned yet, and they get into boost a little bit, and their engine just goes, boop, gone. Wow. Now, is that the rotary's fault, or is that the dude's fault? I would argue it's the dude's fault, but there is a narrower margin of error, with those engines, and they have a bad rap because of it. I will say that the people I know that run sports car racing with non-turbocharged RX-7s go through engines about half as much as their competition. Wow. So I'm just I'm just going to throw that one out there.
1: That's, don't uh, turbocharge the rotary, that's it.
0: Okay. Nah, I, I don't know if i go that far, but...
2: <laughs>
0: but anyway... So- Maz has we
2: been talked G- about yeah, hit GTRs it. to make sure people were drinking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you would take a 20B. People okay, cool. are definitely drinking if they're listening to us. Which
2: tells me that the rotary <laughs> engine is pretty cool no matter what chassis you put it in.
0: It's neat. It's different. Yeah. It's, yeah it doesn't have a ton of acceptance. It's uh, Maz has always been the champion. There's some cool history there, some neat cars, some different stuff. There's some weird motorcycles, mainly made by Norton in like the 80s and 90s, that had rotaries. I think Suzuki had one, too. But in general, you're getting into a weird niche kind of corner of motorsports when you talk rotaries. But it's one I love, and I think it bears uh, talking about.
2: Now, is there a reason we didn't mention the RX-8? Like
0: is that just not as cool as the RX-7? I, t- I talked about the RX-8 and the Renesis okay. engine. But here's the deal, the RX8, the RX8 wasn't what people wanted. It wasn't as
1: popular. No, because here's the thing. I think, I think Nissan tried to capitalize you on mean, like Maza? the Fast and Furious kind of styling with with the RX8. And you like mean Mazda? Did you say Nissan? Oh, did I say Nissan? Drink, wow. <laughs> drink.
0: Wow. Yeah. No, I no. think... GTR on the mine. My bad. No, here's what it was. The- here's what I think it was, dude, is the FDRX7, which is the one that everybody remembers. That was a halo car. It was doing battle in Option Magazine with the, the Mark IV Supra and the Skyline, right? It's one of the all-time greats. And they wanted that back, right? Like when Nissan relaunched the GTR the the new R35 GTR was a car that was faster than Ferraris and blah, all that stuff, right? And when Mazda brought the RX8 back, it didn't have the sexy sports car looks, it wasn't super fast, it didn't make more horsepower than the FD did, it made less. Um, you know, it had a weird third door. It just it wasn't yeah. that halo sports car. It had a very well-balanced chassis and a lot of people are actually racing it and having good success with it. But it didn't, the mistake they made is they didn't go for the hearts and minds. They It doesn't have that emotional, visceral uh, appeal.
2: And, like a sophomore slump album.
0: Yeah, man, it was, mm. a, yeah, it was a sophomore slump, man. But sadly, <laughs> it was the last production rotary engine ever made. But they, yeah. People wanted Damn. a new GTR, right? They wanted a new, like, hot, they wanted a 350 or more. The new rotary kid's on the block and he's here to kick ass. And that's not what they got. Three doors. Man, that was a craze for a while, those goofy, weird three-door things. It sure was.
1: right. Heavily featured in that uh, X-Men movie. (laughs) The RX-8 was? Yeah.
0: I didn't know that. I did not know that. Anyway. Anyway. you guys want to play a game? I would definitely
1: scrap the RX-8, so I hope that's not on the list.
0: I was going to put it on the list, but I thought it was too obvious, so I took it off. <laughs> okay. All right, so all
1: right, y'all. It's definitely
0: an obvious pick. So in honor of this rotary engine-filled episode, we're going to do a rotary version of Scrap Race Daily. And, <coughs> excuse me, the three cars I have for you boys to think about is the RX-3, the FB or SA-22C, depending on your flavor, RX-7, and the 90s 20B Cosmo.
1: Damn.
2: <laughs> Are all of these LS swapped?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Put yourself in the foot. No, because we want to retain a family. Do yourself base. Some day. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> so no,
2: so okay, they're not all.
0: So I can right. go first if you guys want to marinate on it for a second. I just gotta pull
2: up all the uh wait.
0: RX-
1: no, I'll take it. I got it. Oh, the, I got it. Mazda
2: Gran Familia is way cooler sounding than the RX3, number one. <clears throat>
0: and for the uh, record for the record. If I did, I'm first gonna
1: scrap the FB, race
0: the Cosmo, and daily the RX3. You're an asshole, but first, tell me why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, the FB is not really my speed or my style, so it's kind of a, the obvious choice for me. It's just not me. Cosmo, I would just want to even feel its awesomeness for one. I'm on the racetrack. God is, but I don't think I could live with it. Uh, the RX three choice, not just like a remainder kind of thing for me. I love the style of it.
0: Maybe the fastback. So I'm. Um, so I'm gonna get into mine. So. I'm going to change mine because you said what I was going to say. So, ah. Wow. Well, and I no, I, Go want to, bango. I want to say this. I want to say this. The FBRX7 is one of my favorite cars of all time. I owned one with a really fast engine swap. I absolutely adore that car. I love the FBRX7. I was going to say I was going to scrap it, but after what Lenny said, I'm not going <laughs> to. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to race the FBRX7 because it is one of the most successful sports cars in SCCA history. And, damn it, those are fun. They are so much fun to drive. And I miss mine very badly. So I'm going to race it. I'm going to daily oh, – hold on. I'm going to scrap the 20B Cosmo. No fault oh. of its own. Now hold on. No fault wow. of its own. No fault of its own. And I'm going to take that 20B out of it after I scrap it, and I'm going to put it in the <laughs> RX3. <laughs> because
1: they got there he goes bending the rules again that's right
0: man look i don't know what it is about the rx3 but that car grabs me by the gonads so ferociously i think it's because it looks like a chevelle but half the size yeah and i love yeah. that like mini muscle car look to it it's so cool especially in the SP like when they raced it body kit and there's a lot of like historic racing the RX3 was messing around in and that is one of my absolute fantasy dream cars is to have like just with
1: the flared fenders oh, on the it.
0: huge fender flares and that big ass mm-hmm. like duck bill air dam front spoiler thing. yep yep it, yep hello is, yellow and green I think is the literary oh my god yeah that is one of my absolute fantasy all-time cars. Is a hot, nasty RX-3. Um, so those are my picks. Look, the 20B Cosmo is amazing, but it's it's not really my speed. That's more of a uh, get on the highway and chill kind of kind of car. It's not really my jam. Um, mm. But that's the okay. only production three rotor car ever made.
2: So the DNA Garage Mazda RX-3 is the one you're referencing uh, with the green
0: and yellow? Uh, probably.
2: Yes. Yeah. So um, for me, so are you guys talking about the uh, Series L10A, L10B Cosmo?
0: Uh, which one had the 20B in it? Yes. Yeah. I have no idea. It looks kind of like a. It looks or like a, a sedan, honestly.
2: I don't know. I don't know. Look at any of these, the CDs. I'm going to scrap that Cosmo. I have no <laughs> idea. I, I just, I, I, look. I, I mean, the uh, No, J-C- no, not the L10A, a.
0: not the L10A, because if if it was the L10A, my picks would be complete. The L10A is the first generation Cosmo, and don't you touch that yeah. car, you bastard. Um, I'm, is it,
2: is it, that's what I'm saying, though. Is it I'm the talk, first gen, or is no, it?
0: No, I'm talking about the Series, the JC.
2: Oh, God, that, no. Yeah, that's, that's like a knockoff fucking you, skyline you shut your mouth <laughs> I oh. think I'm not. all right so I'm listeners forgive him that's very strong he knows
1: not what he says
2: i don't oh. know what i'm saying i'm just basing the, i'm the impulse just basing
1: of it now. off off of looks i mean that's basically it's not the prettiest looking car
2: no i don't like it i just it, it's okay i don't know what the engine does it just looks okay to
1: me revs to the moon oh
2: Whatever. god it's okay actually right, the so cosmo did
0: beautiful.
1: not the Cosmo it can game. excuse yeah. me it, it can okay.
2: now I'm gonna go ahead and do exactly what I did all this week and I'm gonna take the uh FB for a race although I was I believe racing in the FD all week not the FE so I'll take that for a race and I'm gonna take just based off a of name because <clears throat> I agree this car looks pretty cool especially in the green and yellow livery but this car is a Mazda Gran Familia. It's the Mazda 808. It's the Mazda 818. It's the Mazda Savannah or the RX3. I think it looks cool. I think that's the one that catches me. That was like the sleeper where I didn't even know about this thing. The, the, the uh, mirrors are like on the front of the hood. That's so goofy. I want that in my garage just for looking goofy.
0: So a lot of old JDM cars actually do that.
2: Yeah, I, but I, that's the first one I've actually.
0: Haco Celicas. The, F, the FB in Japan did that, or I think it was the mm-hmm. SA. The SA22. The early ones did that. So I like that. It also comes in a wagon version. That's pretty cool. I'd rock <laughs> that.
2: There's a Mazda 808 wagon in like an off white. Uh, yeah, that looks baller. I'm gonna take that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in my garage. Uh... A Cosmo doesn't do it for me. I don't know what you can pitchfork me.
0: Oh, I don't care. And uh, I'll race the RX. So. Ryan, just Google RX3 SP and then mm-hmm. Google oh, Chevelle and tell me the RX3 does not look like a miniature Chevelle.
2: Oh, yeah. I I don't think I have to. I think I've seen Chevelles before. Like, everywhere in America, isn't it?
0: well no oh, it's shit. it's a it's like the one of the most iconic american muscle cars of all time
2: oh yeah that one yeah i know that car
0: right but tell me the rx3 yeah. does not look like a half size chevelle that's what i yeah, like about
2: it looks it. like it looks like a japanese chevelle 100 percent squished it i love I it like your height that's can you fit in that engine bay probably Chevels are huge <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking the rx3
0: yeah oh probably would you ever would you ever own a chevelle Oh, absolutely. That's that's okay. that's pure Americana right there, baby. Yeah. All
2: right. Americana.
0: Just cuz I talk Maybe about we'll yeah, we'll it. So.
2: I would
1: pick a Cuda
0: over a Chevelle. Uh probably. Maybe, we'll take, probably. Maybe
2: we'll talk American cars someday.
0: Hey, if you guys are ready, I'm here for it. I'm I can do it. I mean, it would only be in like what ifs.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: sorry. Like, uh there might be an old ford galaxy convertible in my future
2: hey, american trucks not american cars
0: there might be a galaxy in my future anyway different subject all right i think we're running out of steam you guys have fun yeah, john you're the host wrap it up I, well i'm trying to like get off my okay. nuts dog
2: <laughs> yeah it was uh, awesome i learned a little bit about the dorito
0: uh found a new cool car in the rx3 Look, there's too much for us to dig in here. I hope we at least piqued your interest and taught you something maybe you didn't know beforehand. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, I've been John. I'm here with Ryan. I'm here with Lenny. And we've been Zero uh, Lift. Yeah, and, uh, so just so you guys know, you can
2: find us at Zero Lift Podcast oh, on oh Instagram. Oh, man, I fucked that up, didn't And continue I? the conversation. That's why I'm the host. Yeah, go back ahead. Down. Go ahead. So uh, <laughs> so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Zero Lift Podcast. And you can also reach us the old way through zeroliftpodcast at gmail.com if you really want to type us up an essay about how uh, swapping everything is not good uh, or uh, how uh, fun you had with the drinking game with the GTR. So I've been Ryan, the actual host of this uh, show
0: with Lenny and John. <laughs> Keep it pinned. I did a good job. You,
2: you did, did great. You did, good. You did, you did great. good. you did great. You did
0: great. All right. See you all around.